Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I am so glad to be here yet another week. I hope that you had a pretty good week. Why? Because that's the hope every week, right? And you know, days get longer, your timing gets crazy, but the end of the week is a blessing. And it's a blessing to be able to celebrate the fact that you have done or attempted to do the things that were necessary for you um, to complete your week. And that is my hope. Fridays are always special. That's why I'm like always great to bring an episode back for Fridays. And I hope that you are doing well. Have you ever asked yourself like how, you know, when people ask you like, how are you doing? Like, how do you actually answer them? Like, I know it's customary when someone says, oh, how are you doing? You're like, oh, I'm okay, or or, I'm well, but are you really well? Sometimes I think we answer with the words okay and well to kind of end the conversation because obviously having an in-depth conversation may not be feasible. If you're at an event, like I sometimes am, some people will ask you that just kind of in passing. And it may not necessarily be appropriate to be like, girl, I'm not well, I'm having you know, whatever happens, you know, whatever's happening happen. But I'm hoping that even if you're not able to do so in a passing situation, that if you have good friends, good friends that you can talk to, someone that you can vibe with and let them know how you're truly feeling, especially when you're not well, especially when you're overwhelmed, especially when you're afraid or you're scared or you have whatever level of feeling on your plate that you're able to let someone else know how you're doing for real. Yesterday, I attended an event with one of my girlfriends for Valentine's Day, and we're gonna talk about Valentine's Day in the episode today. And I'm uh, seeing another friend tonight for our Valentine's Day dinner. And those are the opportunities that I take with my friends, even like on high days, I guess we're celebrating, you know, Valentine's Day, and yes, we're giving gifts to each other, and we're doing all those things. But we also have real conversations, a real check-in, you know, how is everything going? How is your life going? How is the family? Like what are, what's going on with you and how can I help with that? Like, how can I help you, you know, with where you are, you know, is there anything that you need? How can I assist? What can I do? Like hands on, how can I help you? You know, do you need some help around that? Like I'm willing to be that friend, you know, to my really good friends. Like, how can I assist? And so it's good to check in. So don't take it lightly that um, you may be in a situation where you really need to be honest with someone. So take that opportunity. This has been an amazing week. Um, A lot of crazy things. One, I have been attempting to get my rest, which is weird. I have been going to bed when the kids go to bed. Now, my kids' bedtime is 8 o'clock. And you may be listening to this and saying to yourself, there's no way I'm going to bed at eight o'clock. Yeah, I went to bed at eight o'clock and it was intentional. 
And the reason is I need my rest. Content creating is a lot of work. I, I always cringe when people say things like how content creators don't do work. We just sit around computers and we just post a, a, a photo. The, my whole basement is practically a photo shoot place. Like I turn that into a photo shoot in a hot minute. I have the professional lights. I have the professional uh, photo stands. I have it all. And by the time you set all that up and you take about 45 pictures per everything that you're trying to do, because you know why? You have a thousand and one things that you're trying to put up, trying to keep that all organized and making sure you're where you're supposed to be. As much as I write, because I am a blogger, um, this week alone, I've written, written just about every day this week and almost every day last week. Not everybody does that. There's some bloggers that won't even blog, but once a month, I've actually seen, like I've gone on other blogger pages just to see, like not to copy anybody's uh, sauce because you can never copy, copy someone's sauce, but just to see what people are doing. And I know bloggers that are blogging maybe once a month, some of them that don't even have a blog. They're bloggers that don't have a blog. Yeah, I put that pause in on intentionally. Um, if you're in the beginning stages and you're trying to develop your blog and you're trying to figure out your angle, you may take some time. And I'm 20% behind you behind that. A lot of people don't just come out the woodwork saying that they're a blogger and they have it all together. That's just not how it works. So if you're in your beginning stages, it's quite normal for you to still be getting yourself situated. And so you're starting off, you may have done your social media and you may have put that up and that happens. If you're calling yourself seasoned, a seasoned blogger, meaning you've been using the title of blogger for more than six months and you still do not have a website of some sort, I need you to just go ahead and get that together. I think a lot of times bloggers, people use the word blogger because it's a, it's a, it's a it word. And so you'll see them on their social media and they'll say their title is blogger. Um, being a blogger means you would have to actually have to have a blog and a blog is in some form of an online production. You would need to have a website. So I just want to let you know that if you ever catch someone who's not just starting and they have their title as a blogger, but they don't have an actual blog, they have no website, have never had a website, trust and believe that they're just using that as a, as a it word. And so that's why it's very important for bloggers who do have a blog to make sure that you maintain your blog, because if you want to be respected in the business as someone of authority, somebody that somebody can go to and talk to and get information or give information, you got to actually have a blog. You have to have a well-maintained website. It needs to be, you know, have this SEO and all that great stuff. And we could talk about blogging another day, but I say all that to say it's been a long week. And so this whole getting stuff together and, and getting the life together was a lot. I had one major project. I had a bunch of projects this week, but one that was completely major. Shout out to my husband for helping me with that. But I stood up one night until 2.30 in the morning just with making sure the final edits were okay. And when you put something out, and especially when it becomes with like a major brand, you feel really intimidated and wanting to make sure that it looks the way that you want to be represented. When someone looks at that, 
the final project, I want them to be like, well, I really love what she's doing. I, I really stand behind it. I love her messaging. I love what she's saying. Like, those are thoughts that are going in my head. So this week with that project that I was completing, that is how I was looking at it. But those other nights, good night, nurse. Eight o'clock. Rest is essential. It is essential for helping you to be better, to just get up and do better. I feel like when I got that rest, the very next day after I got the first night that I got this eight o'clock bedtime with my kids, the very next day, I felt like I was being tested on every hand. I had a meeting at my um, children's school where I had to basically make sure that I was mama bear and, and I had to show up. And I wanted to be sure and clear that I didn't want to react because I was exhausted because I was up all night or I was up doing nothing. When I say up doing nothing, a lot of times when people say that they can't go to bed at a certain time, I caution that sometimes you're just a mismanager of your time. Like if we just keep it 100, we can sometimes mismanage our time. Now, don't get this twisted. As a mom, sometimes my me time is when the kids go to bed. So when they go to bed at 8, that's my time to catch up on some things that are purely fun, purely entertainment. But I think we have to start putting caps on it. So if your kids go to bed at eight o'clock and you need that me time, maybe set an alarm for like 9.30 and start putting yourself like, okay, this is my time to do those whatever idle-minded things, and then I'm gonna go to bed. I think we just don't discipline ourselves enough and then the next morning we're like, oh, I'm so exhausted, I'm so tired. Listen, rest is essential and you know what rest is it's not even fully sleep resting is that ability to let your mind be at calm regardless of the things that you have on your plate my mind sometimes races and i have to almost do like a mind dump before i go to bed so i have like a notebook that's near my bed and i'll write down whatever's going on in my head so that i can just rest so my mind can rest so i can actually get that actual good sleep instead of that light sleep where you're up worrying about every little thing and then every little sound distracts you like real rest so that has been my goal this week to get rest to allow my body and my mind to be at a state of calm and that's not always easy. Sometimes that comes from you needing to pray, meditate. There are a number of one reasons as to why you may need to change up what you're doing, but whatever it is, rest is essential. And I hope that if you haven't got enough rest this week that you do all that you can. There has been a lot going on in the world and definitely on social media. So I do wanna talk about a few things. So let's talk about Spotify. Um, Spotify has been in the, the news, the, the, the social media world a lot this week. And it has a lot to do with Joe, uh, is it Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan and his, in his use of the N word. Now, as a black person, I could just go ahead and say the word, but I'm not. Um, and people had a right to be in arms like i'm not going to debate with people who are like i should use it i should be able to use it um that word has so much negative connotation behind it there um is a lot and at the end of the day that word has so much harsher meaning um, I myself, the first time that I was ever called the N-word, I was in the fourth grade, I believe, the third or fourth grade. I want to say fourth. And I was called that by a student. And it was absolutely disgraceful. It hurt my feelings to the core. It gave me a reality check as a child. 
And I couldn't even believe that the word was being used. Like, you know, you learn about, you know, black history and you, and, and, and not just in a school setting from my parents, like my parents having conversations with me about my history and about things that we, that they should thought at the time that I should know. And you see it, you see different documentaries at the time and reading books. Cause my family, my dad was big on making sure we read books. Um, books was very big. It's still big in my personal house now. And, um, and so having history come off the pages, that was the first time that it was used. And so when I hear people use it, um, in a negative way, when I hear people, um, say it and they do it to be, and again, I can't describe and say that he did it for his reasons. I don't know why his reasons were, but I would, I do know is that he shouldn't have used it. And so people in Spotify world, a lot of artists, um, NGRE for one, the one big example that I saw this week had decided to pull her, her music off of Spotify. And I have reached out. So if you're on Spotify listening, I have reached out. There is a chance that I'm going to be pulling it off. I'm just waiting to get some information back on pulling off my podcast from Spotify. And it's really just because it's not that there aren't um, controversial people in every platform. It's just the point of the matter is they're already paying people pennies on a dollar, but giving people like Joe Rogan and other people too, who are controversial because it brings in money and it brings in ratings and it brings in those things and they do all these things. But you, you know, I'm okay with someone saying that they're doing it for their, you know, just to be shock value, not saying the word, don't get that twisted, but saying things in general for shock value, but not using the word, the N word. And the fact that again, people have to say the N word and so the actual word has to let you know that people are fully aware that the word and the connotation and its use is completely wrong. And so, you know, that has been one of the things that's happened. People are not okay with Spotify and its ability to have um, um, him on there saying the things that he says. Now, I am researching to discover if he's on other places, because if he's on other places and, and he's on Spotify, then it's like, do you pull your, your podcast all the way down? Like, you ha that's the thought process that I have, you know. Yes, we can pull it from one, but do we pull it from one and all, like, we, it, that's, that is the question. So that is where I am doing my research to find out because I don't want to just be reactive and I want to make sure I have all my ducks in a row. And I want to make sure that when I make a decision that it makes sense and it makes sense based upon the fact that where is he at also, is he on Apple? Is he on Google? Like, where is he? Is he, you know, and it's not just about Joe Rogan. It's about the fact of these platforms that allow, um, allow people like that and distaste on their on their on their platforms again freedom of speech does not mean freedom of responsibility it does not um it does not mean that you can get away with saying it and then you have this freedom so nobody can touch you nobody can say anything um it's never been freedom from responsibility and i think we have to keep saying that um anything that you say um in any platform, on any platform, whether in print, whether it's on Twitter, no matter what it is, you really have to be sure that your anchor is going to hold that. If you say something, stand behind it. Stand behind it. Don't um, say it and then try to wiggle yourself back. Or like, don't pull it back. 
literally be clear on why you're saying what you're saying. Even in this podcast, I make sure that whatever I am saying, I stand behind it because if somebody ever questions me on it, they may not like my answer, but I'm going to be like, yeah, I stand behind what I said. So just be clear on why you're doing what you're doing because it's important. And DIRE um, has made people in an uproar because it seemed that she made her statement. She stood on her on what she believes. And then it looks like she then pulled it back and now is kind of like on a renege of what she actually said in the first place. And Rihanna is having a baby. Um, I think, first of all, it's a woman's body. She's having a baby. God bless her um, and that journey because I'm a mother and having a baby is no easy walk in the park. I don't care how many millions she has. She still has to deliver this baby. And hopefully she has quality uh, service and a doula and whatever else she may need to assist. I'm sure she will. But at the end of the day, you have to, um, you know, she has to deliver this baby. So I'm congr super congratulations to her. Why are people taking this Rihanna announcement and making it to a think piece? What is it to think about? Like, I don't want to disrespect mothers because I'm a mother, right? That ain't going to happen. I'm not going to be out here disrespecting mothers. And yes, put some respect on our names. But what are y'all doing think pieces on Rihanna's pregnancy announcement? What is y'all doing? What time do y'all got on y'all hands that y'all are doing full think pieces on Rihanna's pregnancy announcement? What are you thinking about, right? What are you comparing us to? What, 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 what's our angle? What are, what are we doing Women are having babies every day. I have no doubt that Rihanna, who is a celebrity, who gets the attention, I get that point. But whole pieces, whole written dialogues, whole, listen, once you get past 700 words, that's a whole, that's a whole situation. You out here writing many essays. What are you doing? What are you writing about? Let that woman have her, enjoy her pregnancy in peace right? Be happy for her. Look at the beautiful baby bump pictures and then like it, make a comment, move along. I cannot understand why people are making think pieces. And the one that I saw, which is always the controversial one, somebody said that there were, uh, I think it was Serena, not Serena, Venus. One of this William sisters, the one that's not married, I can't think. I think it's Venus. So Venus, I think was saying something about being celibate or something until she's married or, and people were coming down on her. And then now everybody's glorifying uh, Rihanna, who's not married and having a baby. Stop. Everybody does not come from the same cloth. Whatever your cloth of thinking that certain things should go a certain way, that's on you. And that's your right to think so. And having somebody else do whatever it is that they're going to do it, especially when it's not coming out of your coin. Like if Rihanna had a whole tribe of babies and then that tribe has some babies, that money ain't coming out of our money. Like she's not coming for us. And so regardless of the money part, I just don't understand. Why are we still clocking what people are doing? Like, if you think about just how we were in, in isolation when the pandemic got started good in the beginning, because we're not out of it. Um, and we were all secluded. Whoever you were in seclusion with or whoever you were connected with and because our connection couldn't be as great as we wanted it to be, that is the things that matter. Like don't get out of, start coming out of a little bit of a pandemic and a panorama and all of a sudden forget that. Because at the end of the day, that or those are the areas that we need to be focused on. Regardless if the world is opening up, just remember those moments and stay focused on that. 
We need to mind the business that pays us. We're not getting paid to mind Rihanna's pregnancy and baby bump. We're not getting paid to, to for your neighbor's uh, daughter who decided to have a child out of wedlock. You're not getting paid for that. And we're not going to sit here and go through this holier than now where you're like, oh my God, she had a baby out of, out of wedlock. Now listen, I done had uh, two of them out of wedlock in my own house, right? And one that wasn't. At the end of the day, it is what it is. In addition to that, it's not even just because I've done it and so it's okay. But I think the other issue with that is half the time we put categories on what we believe is the strongest quote unquote sin. So I just sat there and was looking at people. I didn't even read the whole thing piece. I started to read the first couple sentences of this girl. She wrote it on Facebook and I thought, girl, you got too much time on thine hands because at the end of the day, like, is your house clean? Is your bills together? Like, that is what I think about when I think about how we go so far in just doing the most to try to make sure that we make sure that somebody knows that they just wrong as, as two left shoes. Like we really have got to be more considerate and thought process about how we put different stances on the things that are going on. Rihanna having a baby, God bless her, right? Every mother deserves to have a baby and to have a healthy pregnancy, and that is about it for me, right? That is about it for me. I, you know, we'll all wait to see if she shows the baby. That's about it. We'll see her fashions as she now is bumping along now that she's out and letting everyone know that she's pregnant. And the best we can hope is that she is eating healthy and taking care of her child. Outside of that, I'm not writing a think piece on Rihanna. I think Rihanna is an amazing artist. I don't know anything else past that in her personal life. I don't have anything vested, um, whether she um, gets married to ASAP Rocky or not. It's none of our concern. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you think that a marriage or a baby is going to hold a marriage together for them to get married just because they had a baby, there is a lot of people who married their baby or their child's father in the sake of making sure that we get it right and they ain't been right since they made that proclamation that they were going to get married. Because babies do not hold marriages together. I know plenty of people who decided that they were like in a divorce state, like they were going, you know, left. And so they decided to have a baby because, you know, they basically got back together. And after the person did whatever they did or persons, and it's not going to hold your marriage together. If babies held their marriage together, there will be a lot of people that would still be married to this day. I have three of them and no, not three of my children. None of them will hold my, my marriage with my husband together. Not one. They don't have the secret sauce. They are not the glue. They don't keep it together. And people say they keep it together based upon the focus being on, you know, this family unit child. Family units are beautiful. I love my family, right? But their work and adding another responsibility in the midst and then having that marriage be on there is work. If you're not marriage minded, if you're not willing to communicate, even when it hurts and when you're not ready to, you know, be honest, like having some strong show enough conversation of honesty in a marriage. If you can't do that, that's the part that's going to break you before having a baby. Cause a baby isn't going to say, Oh, our problems are solved. It never has. It never has. Even for marriages that are struggling because they want to have kids, thinking that you will have a kid will make it better. It will not. Whatever issues you are now having before that baby came along, all you did was add another issue to the pot, sis. <laughs> all you did was add another issue to the pot. You did not 
the pot didn't go away. That baby did not make, make it magically in love. You and your husband aren't going to see eye to eye together because you have a baby and it's now the responsibility of staying together for the sake of the child. Staying together for the sake of the child just delays your misery if that's why you're staying together. And that's the word, the word of the day. If no one has ever told you that, I am telling you as a married woman, if you are staying together with your husband because of the sake of the children, the second those children get older, you're going to be ready to roll. And all you did all those years that you were in this, you know, staying together for the children is you delayed your happiness. You are miserable in your marriage and you are delaying your happiness. You could actually be happier and raise well-adjusted children by making sure that two human beings are responsible enough that they love each other enough to make the relationship work. And when they discovered that the relationship didn't work, they did what was best for themselves and the children. You know, one of the things that makes me, I feel like that makes me a great mom isn't the fact that I'm a great mom. It's the fact that I'm making sure that my happiness is just as strong, that I put the same level of self-care in myself, that I make sure that my children are okay. And the same tenacity that I make sure that they're okay, that I make sure I'm okay, right? And for me, this is personal. I make sure that my therapy is, is together. I make sure that my self-care daily is together. I'm communicating when things are not together. I have a safety plan in place for myself for when they are not together. And when I make a mistake, I don't just do the whole parent thing where you just say, y'all want something to eat? You know how people used to do that back in the day? The parents would be wrong, make a fuss. And instead of saying, sorry, you say, y'all want something to eat? No, I sit my family down. I sit my children down and I explain to them the mistake that was made and the ways in which I plan to correct it. Those are the things that you do when you want to be happy and whole. And so babies do not keep it together. So please stop pushing this whole marriage thing on Mirana ASAP Rocky. Uh, I hate for people to put marriage on people who are not ready. You have to be ready for that. That is a huge responsibility and it shouldn't even be entered into lightly. So be mindful of that for real. Now we about to roll into Valentine's Day weekend. Valentine's Day is on Monday February the 14th, but this weekend, all of the restaurants will have all sorts of specials. I've been seeing them here in Philadelphia. So if you're in Philly and you're saying to yourself, oh, I don't really know where I want to eat. They're every restaurant that I can even think of, any ones that I ever worked with, any ones that I've ever eaten at, at of, they most likely will have a special. The ones I've been looking up, there's some really good ones. Give it a look. There are some great ones. So Valentine's Day is this weekend. Let me just say this is going to be a weekend that can go one way or the other for people. Um, when I was personally single, I used to really dislike um, Valentine's Day, especially if I wasn't connected to someone. Um, Valentine's Day is just one of those days where you kind of just want to sit in the house and eat ice cream and eat pizza. That's just kind of where I was when I was single. And I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that. I feel like we give single people a hard time especially once you get once you get a husband right once you get married then you start giving single people a hard time for the responses that they make for that day you tell them oh it's just a day don't let it get to you trust me you can say that to to your blue in the face single people struggle on valentine's day i'm not saying all it's not i'm not putting that on all i say there are some single people who struggle on valentine's day and telling them that they're worthy of love is beautiful and telling them that they are beautiful in every way because they are. I don't believe that it will solve that 
part of them that is a reminder of them not being with someone. And I think that's what it boils down to. And so I remember my days. I, I don't act as if because I'm 10, I'll be 10 years married with my husband this year. I don't re act like I don't remember, right? I feel like some married people get to where they are and they just be like, girl, you should just, you all right, ain't nothing wrong. You can just, just treat it like any other day. How can you treat it like any other day when your entire, we didn't have social, like it wasn't even social media back when I was single. So there wasn't this constant looking on my phone um, to see that. When I was on my phone my, in my single days, it was just about pure entertainment. But now we have platforms like TikTok and we have social media, Snapchats and all kinds of stuff that will then be the most heaviest of reminders of the day, of the weekend, of love, of couples, of all these different things. And so it's kind of hard to tell a single person that they should not be um, upset about Valentine's Day. I don't understand that. How are we regulating somebody else's thoughts and processes? Listen, all the self-care in the world won't stop you from feeling um, upset about being single if you're upset about being single, right? And so I say do what's best for you that day. If you are single and you're listening, do whatever is best for you that day. Listen, I'm gonna tell you something else. Unfortunately, there are gonna be some married people upset and mad on Valentine's Day. I respect every marriage and what people are trying to do that works for them, but I feel like sometimes we're not always as honest. Please stop telling your husband that you don't want something for Valentine's Day when you really do. Like you're not putting a flag on by trying to be pro, uh, progressive and saying, I, our love is enough. We don't need anything for Valentine's Day. Please stop doing that if that's not how you truly feel, because who wants to have somebody walking around the house with an attitude stomping their feet because they didn't get anything and they also asked for nothing or they said they didn't want anything or you made this big proclamation proclamation and for who who are you impressing who are you impressing like you want to him you want to say no but you want him to just be like i got you something anyway let's stop that let's stop this non-communicative way some of the marriages that we have are struggling because we think that people are mind readers and so when you say no your no is a yes uh, no ma'am your no is a no because you said no you cannot continue to get mad at a man, at your husband, for you telling him you don't want something when you do. When you do, Like, why is this such a hard thing? And I feel like there are so many single people who would love to actually get something. And you're sitting over here lying to yourself about what you want only to make your husband mad and, and the whole household mad and everybody walking on eggshells because you're angry because you said you didn't want something that you really wanted. Why? Are you not grown? Like, remember when you were younger and you couldn't wait to get grown? You seen that meme where the little boy hits his chest and he's like, I'm grown. And he only like five or six. Why are you grown and acting like a child? Like, we got to be real grown women. We got to be grown men. We got to be grown people. And grown people take responsibility. They communicate. They are open to uh, being what they're supposed to be at the moments that they're supposed to be at. Let's stop that shenanigans. If you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, do not tell your boyfriend or your girlfriend that you don't want something when you do. Like grown people communicate. They don't communicate by not communicating. If I say, no, I wanna see what he's gonna do. He gonna do whatever you told him to do or she's gonna do whatever you tell her to do. And y'all both gonna be sitting around salty because somebody's gonna have an attitude because you couldn't communicate. Let's not do that this year. Let's go ahead and communicate. Yes, honey, I let's go ahead and exchange gifts. And if gift exchanging is not your thing, 
totally okay. And if your spouse, if you are somebody who doesn't want a gift, but your spouse does, please don't hold them to your charge. Meaning if they, you know, they want something or they have expressed that they want something and you're not in the gift thing, they don't have to give you one if that's what you claim you won't want, but get your spouse or your loved one a gift. Let's stop. There's some foolishness this year. Galentine's Day is on Sunday, February the 13th. Galentine's Day is something that is relatively new in the last few years. Um, and it's really just a celebration of sisterhood, a celebration of friendship, and a way for women to kind of have their day, really, to be honest with you. So I feel like it's also a great way, especially for anyone, single, uh, uh, married, it don't matter. You could be whatever you want to be. Well, if you have really good girlfriends, uh, women in your life that really are super amazing in every way, women in your life that will really feed into your soul, that check you like they're supposed to. And you know, I talked about this two weeks, checking in love. Some of y'all be checking folks and reality is they just allow you to do that. And they really need to just snap back at you because you out here being wrong and, and, and rude and inconsiderate. But real friends who are saying, hey, hon, I need to talk to you about something. And they talk to you in love and they tell you when you're wrong and they uphold you when you are right. And they're down for you and they will come to your rescue. They will come to your aid. They're the ones that comfort you in your hard times. They know all the secrets. All of those things are reasons to celebrate your good girlfriend. And so Valentine's Day is a beautiful way for girls to get together for that reason. Again, yesterday I attended a Valentine's Day event. Um, I've attended this event before. It's really nice. There's a lot of women-owned um, vendors and great picture opportunities. You can look on my social media, you'll see them. And it's just really a great time, girls only. Um, and it's just a really great time. And I love it. I love Galentine's um, celebrations. I never liked it. Like it wasn't a thing for me before. I, I don't, I don't ever remember celebrating in outside of these last few years, but these last few years, I have celebrated in such a most amazing way. Tonight, I'll be seeing one of my other girlfriends and we have our annual, we do our annual uh, monthly date anyway, but we always make sure that it's for Valentine's Day for February, that it's usually around that time so that we can have our Valentine's Day celebration. She and I love gifts. So we don't have a problem giving gifts to each other. Every time we get together, you might say every time, no every time we get together, we bring something for each other. Um, it's just a way to shower someone else with something. You know, we, that's just our love language. Our love language is giving of gifts. I love giving and receiving gifts. My biggest thing really is more giving. I love giving gifts. I love being thought, um, thoughtful and, and, and what I'm giving somebody and really thinking about them and what they like. And I really love it. I love everything about it. And so that is what I do. So yeah, my friend and I are going to get together tonight. We have a little bit of Italian food and yeah, we are going to indulge and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that Valentine's Day has really been just a great way to celebrate sisterhood. If you have really good friends who you would just treat as a sister, celebrate that. There is beautiful things in celebrating friendships, especially beautiful friendships. The one thing that I have not taken for granted, you know, since the panorama has really opened my eyes to the things that matter, to the people that matter. And I'm not going to let that go. Like, you know how when certain things happen, you'll have like big events like 9-11s and, you know, big horrific events in, in, in history. And then we lose that fever. Like we lose that tenacity to remember that we're supposed to put life First, like we're supposed to just live life to the fullest, taking care of ourselves, doing the things that we need to do. I don't want us to get into a position where we 
remembered and we forget and we kind of just live life as is like friendships and relationships and loved ones they it's a big responsibility but it's a beautiful thing when you realize that you're in a situation of being able to experience life with at least one other human being that makes you smile i really think that's what it's really about you know and whether you celebrate it big or not even if you can't or you like i have friends that are not close they are in different states call them why are we in a situation where we don't tell our friends how much they mean to us do not take your friendship for granted don't just assume that somebody knows tell them every chance that you can I'm the friend that will send a random card just because I love writing. Obviously I'm a blogger and I love writing in every way, in any and every way. And so for me, my love language is sending people notes. I send people handwritten notes. I know people don't like snail mail as far as like, they don't feel like going through all that because everything is so electronic, but I'm here for the old school. Send a note, send a letter, um, call someone. Like I know we do a lot of texting and for me that works because I have three children and they always are on 10. If you call my house, you would think I had a house full of children and they are three of them and they're getting older and they're still like this. I don't, <laughs> I don't know when that phase uh, changes, but I do know that I love hearing my kids in the background. They just do what they do, but calling someone and let, letting them know that you love them, like you love your friend and you want them to know, like don't take that for granted, like just don't. And so I want to have a conversation around self-care and this is being brought up because I had another conversation offline with someone and we were just talking about the fact that people don't realize the intensity of what's, not even the intensity, but just what is self-care. And I know self-care is a trigger word, a word that we use so often to go and buy and do things in the industry to make, you know, bring money or whatever the case is, or not bring money, but make, you know, other companies money because we'll go out and buy these different things in the name of self-care and all these different things. But self-care is simple. Self-care is doing the things every single day that you need to basically have a moment of retreat. That is what self-care is, at least to me. Maybe you think it's differently and that's fine. We don't need to argue about it. It's a moment of retreat. So that's why when people say they took a 15 minute nap and they're like, this is self-care for me, because that is what self-care is for them. They needed that nap. When there are times when I'm having a rough day and yes, I drink coffee a lot, but there are days when I make coffee just a little extra special because I just needed to have that indulgent moment. And listen, I put my phone, I talked about this on my blog this week, that do not disturb. I work with this PR, like I do projects with this PR and um, he puts his, his phone on do not disturb all the time. And I used to be like, what is he doing? But I now I'm always on do not disturb um, because I need that moment. And so sometimes when I'm having my 20 minute coffee, I will put my phone on do not disturb for 20 minutes just to have that coffee time, shut my laptop, put my phone on do not disturb, um, make my little coffee. You know, I didn't turn into a little home barista around here. I got my, uh, beautiful Keurig. Thank you, Keurig for sending that to me. And, um, they sent me this beautiful, the, one of the newer Keurigs and it's amazing. And I put my Keurig in, I got my frother Yes, I got a frother now. So yeah, I'm a little home barista. And so then I done found my non-dairy whipped cream. And yeah, I'm like doing the whipped cream curl and I'm the sprinkles on there. And I'm doing all those things. And so when I make my coffee like that, I just want to sit for 20 minutes unbothered and quiet 
not doing anything, listening to some music and zoning out for 20 minutes. That is self-care for me, right? And yes, the bigger things are self-care. Going to the hairdresser is definitely up maintenance and self-care. Um, the reason why it's maintenance because you got to get your hair done. Like for me, I have to get my hair done. It get, needs to get washed. It needs to get all the things and get my silk press. But then it's also self-care because when I'm underneath that dryer, as hot as it is, because I get a treatment that I have to get every single time and I have to go in the dryer twice. But when I'm in that dryer, I always bring a book or I bring a notebook. I try not to be on my phone when I'm underneath the dryer. Unless it's something pressing, I try not to be on my phone and I allow myself to read that book or to write in my notebook. And that is quiet time. You know, the dryer is a lot, you know, louder in, in, in retrospect, but I don't have to hear the kids hollering. My husband's not doing, he can be doing, he don't have to be doing his thing because it's my time. And so that is why going to the hairdresser is self-care. And that's something that, you know, people do, you know, going to spas and going to facials and things like that. Although I do the spa, I mean the facials, those are a form of self-care self -care as well, but they're not the only form. Sometimes when we think about that, we think about bubble baths and then people say, self-care is not all bubble baths. I say the same thing too. And this is the reason why I say it. I say it because I don't want people thinking that if they don't indulge in some super long bubble bath, that they're not indulging in self-care. That 15 minutes of reading a magazine that you really were excited about who was on the cover is self-care. That moment of sitting in your room with the door shut quietly and just meditating or listening to a song that just makes you happy, that is self-care. Self-care does not have to be extravagant. It is simple. It is simple. It is sitting in the car for 10 minutes before you walk in the house and have to deal with the responsibilities of life. That is self-care. And so I don't want us to get so elaborate with the self-care talk that we forget the simple things that make up self-care. Really making sure that you have this every day. And people say, how can you do self-care moments every day? Don't you have a life? Don't you? Yes, I have a full life. I said I was a mom, right? I have three children I have to take care of. They all have somewhere to be during the week at different times. On top of that, I go to three or four media events a week, a week, right? So three or four media events a week, three children that have to be, two of them have to be somewhere two times a week, uh, help out with the PR here and there. I also run a full-time blog. Yes, life is busy, but I am just as important as making sure me getting my life together and having a self-care moment is just as important as taking the kids to their appointment. It's just as important as getting on time for that media event. So I make time for myself. And I think that's really what it boils down to, not making enough time for yourself. When people sit there and they get to Sundays, yes, indulge heavier on Sundays maybe, but don't let self-care Sunday be the only time where you tap into the things that you need. Listen, when I got that rest this week, and it was crazy because on Monday I had decided like, okay, I have this project that I need to final edit and I'm going to edit it on Monday because I don't want to do it on Tuesday because I hate doing things last minute. And so I'm going to do this final edit on Monday. And then my body said, we're not editing anything. We're going to bed at eight o'clock. And so when my kids went up, they were so shocked. It was so, they were laughing. I walked right up the steps behind them. And they were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm getting my pajamas on and I'm going to bed. And why? Because I needed that rest. So yes, I had plenty of things I had to do, right? There were things on the plate to do. I could have stood up and watched TV. I could have fallen asleep on the couch. I could have done a lot of things, but I prioritized myself and made myself a priority that day. And the few days after that to make sure that I got my rest. And sometimes that was, a, and for me, going to bed when I knew my body needed it was self-care. 
right? Turning on my uh, sound machine and going to sleep. Know what you need at any given moment. Sometimes just taking a break is self-care, right? Sometimes I'll just have to sit there and say, I'm going to just sit here at my desk because now I have, I have two now and I'm going to sit at one of these desks and I'm just going to zone out for 15 minutes, set an alarm and zone out for 15 minutes. Self-care. And the reason why people are saying it now is because they realize the value in it. When I don't indulge in my self-care, when I let those days go by where I haven't taken that moment because I'm just on go, 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 go. Listen, my schedule is tight. It is. But when I find that I haven't, I also notice that I flare in my anxiety. And once my anxiety flares, then it can also go into a depressive flare. It can go into a lot of different things. I can go into like a mini panic attack. I can go to this overwhelming feeling. And it's not that I'm trying to, if I self-care myself to, you know, self-care, 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 these feelings won't happen. They will, but they become a lot smaller. They become more maintainable for me to just deal with it at that moment and not feel overtaken, not feel overwhelmed. And that is the reason why I self-care because the times that I don't, I find myself completely overwhelmed. You know, I don't have a problem with crying because I cry sometimes when something, when I, when I feel the need, you know, I was thinking about my great grandmother, um, the project that I'm working on, you know, it's just, it made me think about my great grandmother and I had been thinking about her for the last few weeks. And then I couldn't put my finger on as to why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. And then I had to remember that her birthday, I mean, not her birthday, my husband's birthday was last Friday, but her, her anniversary of her transitioning was last Friday as well. And so that was the reason why I was feeling the way I was feeling. There was a buildup of this emotion. And I was like, wow, like I really do miss her. And I do, I do, like I think about her and my great-grandfather often. You know, it's amazing, first of all, to say that I knew my great-grandparents and not just know of them, like truly knew them. Like they knew of me, I knew them, um, hung around them, spent summers with them and my other cousins, like really spent time with great grandparents, right? When parents, some people don't even have an opportunity to be with their grandparents. I had this amazing experience of being around my great grandparents and the wisdom, my God, the wisdom that they used to drop. And I mean drop. And I was a child and I, and now I think about those, those, those little wisdom nuggets that I, I always call them. And I'm like, man, I was around greatness and didn't even know it. You know, you don't realize the, the, the in-depthness of life when you're a kid, because you're in a kid, you're supposed to play, you're supposed to be in play mode. For me, it was just visiting my grandparents and enjoying their time. But then when you get older and you realize time is not, a, you know, it's not a given, it's, it's, it's a gift. And you realize that then I remember all of those times that I spent with them. And it's been on my brain, it's been on my heart, and I've just been grateful, grateful to have had those moments. And you know what I'm also grateful for? My children, um, all three of my children have been around my great-grandmother. None of them have been around my great-grandfather because he died when I was in junior high. And, but how many people can say that their children were around their great-great-grandmother? Not many. So I'm really blessed. My great-grandmother passed when she was 95 years young. 95 years young. My great-grandmother was one of those women, I'm telling you, you could talk to her about everything. There was nothing you couldn't tell her and nothing that she would be shocked about. She had 12 children. 
me as a great grandchild, I would be at the totem pole of, of a shock value because she done seen it and, and, and experienced it and seen it all. And so I'm grateful for her love. And so those are the types of things that I think about. But it's in those moments, if I don't take care of my self-care, the overwhelming feeling of grief or in addition to grief, depression, about just different things, or my anxiety. Like when I was feeling my grandmother's presence, like I kept feeling it, I kept feeling her, I kept feeling her, feeling her for days, weeks. And one of the things that I do when I feel her is her, one of my great grandfather and her scripture was Psalms 91. So I will go back and read Psalms 91 and it'll give me comfort. But then there are times when I when grief will happen and then grief attaches itself to anxiety about different things and then depression kind of weaves. And once those three things weave for me, it's not a good situation. And so I'm really cognitive of, again, making sure that my self-care and taking that time out. Like when I zone out in those 15 minutes and my great-grandmother's on my mind, I'll sit there and think about the great things about her and say to myself, she lived a well life. And then it will give me peace and gives me comfort. Like I may cry in those 15 minutes, but it gives me grief, it gives, gives me peace and comfort. And so this is the reason why I say self-care can be a trigger word for a lot of people, right? A lot of people are selling products to everybody about self-care. And listen, I'm gonna be one that if I feel like that product has value, I'm gonna grab it, right? I will grab it. Like I have a sound machine. A sound machine to me is everything. I didn't have a sound machine back in the day, right? I didn't grow up with a sound machine because it wasn't a, the it thing. But for me, whether it's a it thing or not, it gives me complete peace. That sound that the waves make or whatever the case may be or the light that's attached to it helps me to go to sleep. So if it helps me to get rest, I'm going to hit that button every night and go to sleep, right? If you feel like getting facials is a part of your self-care journey and you indulge into that, trust me. If you're not asking me to pay for it, do you, right? Do you stop getting on people for what they choose to do for self-care now let me also say self-care should not be doing anything that's of detriment to you meaning self-care is not indulging in drugs and overdulging in alcohol and things like that care that that's another that's another conversation we can have for another day but that is not self-care self-care is really doing things that are going to be uplifting for you and it's going to help you in your moments to be better that rest that i got this week it was necessary. I panned and got that project that I was that was due. I got it done, turned it in on time, and I'm proud of it. So it's like sometimes you need to take that step back. Even though I was like freaking out a little bit, that anxiety crept up like you should have did that editing, that final edit on Monday. I was at peace with it because I got enough rest that I could get up and, and Tuesday evening when the kids went down and did the final edits and was pleased with the outcome. So sometimes even though something may look like it's going to go left, just regain yourself. Take a time of deep breathing. Um, I use two apps. Um, Calm um, is one of my very, very best apps for meditation, for you know, relaxing, for getting you know my thought process together because it helps. It's just a. It, listen, anything that you have should. It's a tool. So for me, it's a tool. A tool that I love to use. The other app is Breathwork. So Breathwork is another form of using it for calm it's literally about meditation it helps you to guide you and it actually puts you on a timer and you can use it for different things you have meditations for you know stomach aches and headaches and and migraines and different things so remember these types of things you know when you're doing self-care and all that stuff it's a part of healthcare. it is helping you to live life the best way that you can and really once you get your mental care together and 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 taking care of that is a part of healthcare.
Like mental health care is not separate from anything else. It's all one and the same. So I just want to encourage you to consider having this in-depth conversation about self-care so that you can see the simplicity of it. You don't have to go out and buy a bunch of gadgets, but if you do buy gadgets, make sure you're buying the gadgets that you truly want, that you see yourself actually using, and then do a check of your gadgets. Like do a check of them and see which ones you're actively using. Because if you're not actively using, gift that to somebody else. And the reason why I say that is because maybe it was for you for a season and now you're past that season. Give that to someone else that, that may be of use. I do a check of my gadgets all the time. Am I actively using them? Are they something that I need right now? Or was it just seasonal and now it's time to gift that to someone else so they can have the same help that I had when I used it? Just be mindful. And that's why I say like gadgets and things and what you buy is a wonderful tool. It's a tool, right? To use. If I go and buy a bunch of uh, paper masks or the face masks, they are tools, tools for me to have that moment. They're reminders. And so when I have my face mask on, um, sometimes I'll go around the house and I'll cook. But a lot of times when I do my face mask, I just want to sit for 10 minutes on my bed and just let that absorb into the skin, then take it off, then proceed with my day. Like that is what the whole purpose of using self-care needs or helps is because it's supposed to get you from one level of thought to the other. Um, I do hope that this weekend, whether you celebrate Valentine's Day or not, that you have the best weekend that you possibly can. And if you feel like you want to sit and not deal with anybody because that's your choice, do so. But don't let anybody tell you how you should feel about Valentine's Day. I remember my time and I would never tell somebody that's single that you should just get over it or that you're so wonderfully made that people know that. They they somehow know that, but it may not change how they feel of that, that initial shock of it. And they may feel like that temporarily for a few days and it may go away. People are allowed to feel the way that they feel. So Valentine's Day, make it what you want. If you want to sit in the house, um, I just say sit in the house and do something that's going to be for you. That is the best suggestion I could give. I used to do the same thing. I would make it my day, my little in-house spa day on Valentine's Day weekend and treat myself. Um, sometimes I bought myself stuff if I felt like it. Sometimes I didn't. Sometimes buying that stuff would just be you know, irritation and sometimes it wasn't. Do what is best for you. Make the best of the day. Make the best of the weekend. And if you're celebrating your Galentine, your girlfriend, do so. If you can't, you can't get to them. They're out of town like a lot of minds are. Call them. Send them a text message. Send them a card. Um, whatever you need to do to express your friendship that you appreciate it. Like, let's not ever take a friendship for granted and not appreciate it. Um, make your choice with the Spotify situation. If you choose to stay with Spotify, stay with Spotify. If you choose to leave Spotify, leave Spotify. Just decide what is best for you. Um, and every platform you are going to find some of the most raggedies of people. Every platform. TikTok has them. Uh, Snapchat has them. Facebook has them. They're everywhere. Twitter has them. They're trolls. They're foolish people, people who do the worst, the racist people, people are homophobic. There are people everywhere. You have to make sure that whatever slice of that platform that you're on, make it right. When I'm on Twitter, I make that slice of Twitter on my page. I make that slice of Twitter the way I would want people to be received. So I make that Twitter um, a place of uplifting, a place of motivation. So I make my slice of social media the way I choose to make it. I make the people that or the people that I follow, they I follow them because they provide a slice of 
social media space that I feel re- resonates with where I stand. Remember, you can unfollow people that you don't that don't serve you anything. You can unfollow people that are, don't motivate you. You can unfollow people that make you feel jealous. You can unfollow people. So make the slices of social media what you choose. I don't follow Joe Rogan. I've never listened to his podcast. I never listened to him. Didn't really. I'm not saying I didn't know him. I knew of him, but I don't subscribe to anything that he does. So whatever he's choosing to do between him and whoever he, um, his spiritual high being would be, I personally don't have anything to do with that. But what I will say is I make the slices of social media, what I choose to make just like in real life, like in real life, I surround myself with the people I choose to, whether they are family, friends, foe, I do not allow myself to be entangled and around certain circles of people who don't serve me. Um, I may have acknowledgments of people. There are people in my life that I kind of acknowledge their friends, their family. I know them, love them, send them nothing but peace. But to surround myself, means to actively take myself in a circle around them, I don't choose to do. So make your slices of social media, make your slices of life the way that you choose and the way you want it to be made. I make my slices of social media the best way that I can. It's, I'm responsible for my slice of social media. I'm responsible for the things that I place into the world. And I'm responsible for the things that I take in. There are things that are on social media that probably shouldn't be on social media. There are things that are happening on social media that's not my business. But I make the slice of social media as uplifting as I possibly can because that's how I live my real off social media life. Offline, I try to arrest around people that are um, uplifting and doing the things that they need to do offline, the same way that I do it online. Some people are backwards. Some people live their life crazy offline and then online they're like on and they're doing the things that they need to do. Um, I try to make my offline and my online be as mirrored as possible. Um, Doesn't mean that I'm perfect in it, but I do the best that I can to be the way that I need to be online and off. So I wish you nothing but a great weekend. I hope that your Friday is great. Um, I'm going to try my hand in a new drink so that I can have a new drink uh, you know, new drink represented for next Friday. Um, there's plenty of drinks. There was one that I saw was like Cupid's arrow and I'm going to figure out how to make that one. Listen, me and Pinterest, we go together. So if you have no ideas about how to make a certain thing, go on Pinterest. It'll tell you everything you need to know. I'm on Pinterest too. Um, make sure that you're following the blog. And if you are a subscriber of the show, thank you, um, for all that you do. And I was number one in this week for, um, mental health, uh, mental health, uh, blog, um, podcast and number three in self-care, I mean, in self-improvement. So I'm super glad for that. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Make sure that you share it, review it, subscribe, all of the things. Cause in this little slice of, of podcasting, this little slice, I like to be about conversations that we need to help us become better, um, better in our conversations, better in the way that we live our lives, better in the way that we treat our friends, better in the way we treat our spouses, better in the way that we treat our, our children, better in the way we treat people that we see. Listen, when I come across people that I don't know, I always try to greet people in the same way that I want to be greeted. And that's with full respect and love, even if I don't know them. Now, when they greet me back and it's something level now, I may switch it up. I may, you know, start to switch that energy, but I always try to greet people with the way that I want to be greeted. So have yourself an amazing weekend. This weekend is going to be low key. Well, I can't even say low key. I actually have a lot of social media um, um, events that I need to do and or media events, I should say, um, this weekend. So a lot of that, um, Valentine's Day, me and my husband, we don't necessarily go out often because it's really just about finding a sitter. With Valentine's Day being on Monday, I really didn't feel like going through the drama of, of interrupting my kids, um, you know, 
school routines during the week. And on the weekend, we're just kind of like, we'll exchange gifts on Monday and all those different things, but we're good. We're solid. Um, this weekend I decided we may make a dessert together or something like that. But outside of that, we're good, but we ain't going to sit there and say that we're not exchanging gifts because you know, my love language is gifts. So we're not doing that. Um, so we're going to be fine, but I do hope that you have a great weekend. We will be back next Friday. We have a guest. His name is Steve Taylor, and he is going to talk about business. So if you are a business owner and you want to know some um, thoughts about business owner, about maybe possibly turning your business into a franchise, this would be a great lesson for you. Even if you're not a business owner, there's some, um, some knowledge in there that has nothing to do with business or bar business that can be applied across the board. So give a listen next week for my business owners. This is for you to lean in about business and how to handle business. Have a great weekend and we will see you next week with Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.